Margaret Maddie Knight was born in Maine in 1830. When she was in her mid-30s, she had an idea. She built a machine that folded and glued paper to create a flat-bottomed paper holder. Now, at the time, there were various bags made of paper, but they were all made by hand. They were actually quite expensive because it took the work of 30 people to meet demand. Maddie's new machine proved to be extremely popular. So popular, in fact, that a man stole her idea and obtained a patent of his own. Well, Maddie took him to court, where his main argument was a woman could not possibly understand the mechanical complexities to build a paper bag-making machine. Maddie provided her schematic drawings and spoke with obvious technical knowledge. So, Maddie won her case, providing proof that she designed the machine and earned the right to claim the patent. And we still use Maddie's invention today, the flat-bottomed paper bag. And it all began with an idea. Today on Stories and Strategies, an idea someone had about the PR industry just a few years ago. Women in PR is now gaining a global following. My name is Doug Downs. Music off the top composed in 1885, right around the same time that Margaret Maddie Knight was winning her court case, composed by Frank White Meacham. Now, we heard the 2018 recording by the president's own U.S. Marine Band as part of their living history program titled Marine Corps Women's Reserve Band Tribute. My guest today is Talia Beckett Davis, the founder of Women in PR. Hello, Talia. Hello, Doug. Good to get together, and you're joining us today from Vancouver. That's right. How are things there? I know it was raining about a week ago because I interviewed someone in Seattle. It was raining cats and dogs, and and, uh, it was in Vancouver, but I assume it's all sunny and clear now for you. Yes, I'm I'm very happy. I'm now enjoying the sunshine, and hopefully it uh, lasts for the weekend for us here. Absolutely. Talia holds a master's degree in international relations from the University of London in England, of course, a bachelor's degree in communications from Royal Roads University, and a marketing management diploma from Kwantlen Polytechnic University, which is also in the Vancouver area. Talia is also the owner of Pink Pearl PR, an agency specializing in baby kids, and women's lifestyle products. She's a PR instructor at Simon Fraser University, serves as a judge for the Stevie Awards for Women in Business, and the NASDAQ has recognized Talia as a PR influencer, so there's no doubt about it, your stock is rising, so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Thank you for that wonderful introduction, Doug. No, and thank you for joining us today. This is this is going to be a terrific episode. Now, the academic research shows that public relations, Talia, is made up mainly of female practitioners at a rate of about two to one, and that females have been the majority since about the 1980s. So you know, close to half a century here. Uh, but in 2014, you found that there were actually very few groups in PR dedicated to women. So tell us the story about how all this came about. Yes, that's right. So as someone that appreciates being surrounded by other successful women in business, 
I started searching for a group for the PR industry in my city. So what I found were that there were groups for women in finance, women in trades, women in renewable energy, but I couldn't find anything for public relations. So Doug, I truly believe that the organization was waiting for me to create it. So that's when I realized I needed to start this organization that was dedicated to advancing women in my own field. Although the majority of female practitioners are in PR, I craved a space to discuss issues that affect women in the workplace. I wanted to have conversations about things like the gender pay gap or women's confidence issues in the workplace. I also wanted to connect with my fellow PR and media professionals. So I got to work. I created the website womeninpr.com for the USA and Canada, designed our logo and company branding. I registered the organization and I trademarked everything because I knew that this was going to be big and others would likely copy what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know how big something like this could possibly get. So I formed an advisory committee that was very local at that point. And we planned an official launch event in Vancouver. The launch event was a huge success. We had over 100 guests in attendance. And I actually had to turn people away at the door because we had reached capacity at the venue. So um, think, about what, think about this for a minute. So seriously, we had someone from CBC Vancouver wanted to cover the event. And the venue wouldn't let me have anybody else come into the space <laughs> because we had so many people at this event. And then something amazing happened. We were trending all over social media and women in public relations were asking me what city I was coming to next. That's amazing. So what cities have you gone to next? Where, where do you have local chapters now? Yeah, so after, um, after that very successful event in Vancouver, we hosted events in Toronto and Calgary. Um, we've had events in Seattle. And then we also went to New York City to open our official American presence. Then what I did was um, I expanded our advisory team to include members across the Americas. And we connected with the global group um, women in public relations that was over in the UK and Europe. So they were doing some amazing research and we had the opportunity to be part of it for North America. And after doing a substantial amount of research, we identified what our community needed and we got to work to deliver it to them. So we created programs to help women navigate in their careers, mentorship opportunities, and an entire catalog of public relations courses to help others keep up with PR, media, and digital marketing trends. We also hosted regular in-person networking events and professional development seminars to help our community stay connected. It, it, and it's amazing that there are still these inequalities, um, inequalities with male practitioners, mainly around wage gap, uh, that glass ceiling. Uh, there are clearly some systemic bias here, but there may be more to this, right? Such as uh, the non-linear aspect of careers for many women raising families. Yes, you said it perfectly, Doug. Um, in the public relations field, most roles are held by women. However, women's public relations careers remain very different from men in the field. 
Um, you know, women have non-linear careers, meaning that they might take some time off. Um, meaning they're going to have a difficult time maintaining continuous employment, which has traditionally been a condition for career success. So when we look at the typical women's career pattern, women have a strong increase in their career success after the age of 35. Again, this is typically after many women have taken a break to manage other commitments, such as to care for young children or elderly relatives. But Doug, I really want to bring this point home. The financial penalties for taking time off can be severe. When women are ready to re-enter the workforce, they find it challenging to get back on the career fast track. And as a result, many women in public relations are leaving their corporate jobs to start their own agencies to create a flexible work schedule. So employers, they're then left with a limited talent pool to fill their positions. And I strongly believe that this is an outdated career model and it's leaving many women unable to break the glass ceiling and it's impacting their earnings over the course of their career. So in fact, our research has revealed a gender pay gap of $21,000 for women in the public relations industry. And what I mean by the gender pay gap is the difference between the amount of money that women and men earn for doing the same work. Now in North America, there are several laws that mandate equal pay for the same work. But despite these laws, pay inequality still exists. And over the course of a women's public relations career, women and their families are being shortchanged. And according to the Wage Project from some of our past research we did, it's costing women between $700,000 and $2 million over the mm. course of their careers. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I really want, again, I want to emphasize here that the gender pay gap, it's affecting not only women, but it's affecting their entire family's finances. Natalia, as a mom and a woman in public relations yourself, how do you feel about the corporate environment and does how do you feel it needs to change? Um, let me tell you a little story here. So <laughs> a few years ago, when I became a mom, I was working in-house at an international business firm. It seemed like a great fit as that's what I did my master's degree in. But when I was pregnant, I knew that I had to pursue a flexible career path. And that's also when I created Women in PR North America to connect with other career women. I was preparing to take a time out from my career to care for a young child, and I could feel that the corporate environment was just no longer working, right? So in PR, it wasn't unusual for me to be at a work event until 10 o'clock at night and then back at the office the next day for a 7.30 a.m. meeting. My son, he was in daycare, and I was unable to get to the office before 8 a.m. Um, I had to go all the way downtown. I had a very long commute, but the daycare didn't open until 7.30. We had a regular 7.30 a.m. meeting, and my employer was not flexible in changing the meeting time. It was made very clear that I was expected to be available at the office between the hours of 7.30 um, to, say, 6.30 p.m. at night. And that's going to leave very little time for my child. So I felt, I felt very lost, to be honest. There was no option for me to work from home. There was no flexibility. So I saw this as an opportunity to take the leap into full-time self-employment. And I was now able to focus on my family commitments. And I, I didn't feel as divided. 
there are companies that are creating attractive offers to recruit and retain women leaders long term. And those are the companies that I'm going to be working to promote to my very large global PR community. And and another thing I know that you've outlined through your research is something you identify as the confidence gap for many women. W- what does that mean? Yeah, so the by the confidence gap, so what we uncovered in this research is that many women, so it was about 26%, they said they were not confident asking for a promotion or a pay raise compared to 13% of men. So men, they often feel supported to speak up about their work, but women fear rejection. So if we want to help close the gender pay gap in our field, I believe we need to speak up about the value of our work toward organization, right? By, you know, in public relations, we're communicators. So communicating your worth, that's going to give you greater visibility, which will help to drive confidence. And that's going to get you the pay raise. The Public Relations and Communications Association, the PRCA, conducted research about burnout in PR. So we've got these 24-hour news cycles, uh, pressing deadlines, um, flexible thoughts from many different clients, the immediacy of social media, just that that always-on culture that attributes to burnout amongst all PR practitioners. When you factor in family commitments that you've talked about, and the tendency that you've identified for many women to be hesitant to delegate a heavy workload. Women just seem to want to take it all on themselves. Yes, women do take on a lot, um, especially if they have family commitments. And, you know, as a woman myself, I'm, I'm guilty of that. And a public relations professional, you know, we typically work outside of, of the nine to five office environment. And technology has increased the need for us to always be available to clients or to respond to media requests. So you want to take it all on and you want to be involved in everything. You want to do the best work you can for your clients or for your employer. But when you're dealing with pressing deadlines and competing responsibilities, um, I definitely agree that can lead to burnout for anyone. Absolutely. Okay, the movie Hidden Figures, distributed by 20th Century Fox, it's the biographical drama about uh, black female mathematicians who worked at NASA during the space race in the 1960s. In this scene that we're going to play for you, um, NASA is trying to figure the calculations for re-entry. Katherine Johnson, who, by the way, passed away earlier this year at the age of 101, uh, she's played by Taraji P. Henson in this scene, who takes chalk to board and does the calculations. So we have the vehicle speed, the launch window, and for argument's sake, the landing zone is the Bahamas. Should be enough to figure the go, no go? Yeah, in theory, sir. We need to be past theory at this point. We'll be able to calculate a go, no go with that information. When exactly is that going to happen? Catherine? Have a go at it. The goal point for re-entry is 2,990 miles from where we want Colonel Glenn to land. If we assume that's the Bahamas, 544 miles per hour of 46.56 degrees, 
2,990 miles. Okay, so that puts your landing zone at 5.0667 degrees north, 77.3333 degrees west, which is here. Give or take 20 square miles. I like her numbers. Katherine Johnson was a pioneer, and she did something in her life to make a difference, and that's something I truly admire. Mm -hmm. I think we can all learn from Catherine and, and how she worked behind the scenes for years without being noticed. How did that story go so long unnoticed and untold? That's amazing. That, absolutely. I mean, now she's just coming out now as a celebrity. Um, so again, it's just an amazing story. There are several studies that show that hit on confidence that you referenced is understandable. Women are judged differently than men and not just by men, by other women too. The studies basically show that if a woman is judged to be harsh or strong, she's too harsh or too strong. And if she's judged to have a, a softer edge, she's too soft. We don't judge men that same way. We seem to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yes, I, I love this question, Doug. And it's something I'm asked a lot. When women are young girls, they're told not to be bossy. They are told not to come across as too aggressive. You should be more polite. In fact, I remember my own father telling me to be more assertive and less bossy. But I say, be bossy. Those are your leadership skills. And I agree that men are not judged the same. At no Women in PR North America, we are looking at ways to address that hit on confidence and help women to not only get a seat at the boardroom table, but to keep that seat and to excel in a position of leadership. Women in PR Canada and Women in PR USA, they are, among other things, about networking opportunities that you've talked about. The world now, I mean, we're recording this interview virtually, right? The world is shifting to virtual. Fewer rooms, more Zooms or Google Hangouts or Microsoft Teams, whatever you're using. Are you keeping pace with that? Yes, Doug. In fact, I'm just coming out of a virtual networking event that we hosted for Women in PR on Zoom. And we host regular check-in events for our members to ensure that they're feeling supported during this new environment. We are also undertaking new research with some of our partner organizations across the Americas and across the pond. That's one of the best things about the shift to virtual is that we've been able to expand our market and connect globally with our fellow women in PR. We've shifted our membership online and launched the Public Relations Academy. I've had members join all the way from Australia, the UK, and Mexico, which is extremely exciting. <laughs> and the, the Public Relations Academy is the place to learn how to build your influence and how to become more visible. So if you're interested, I'd love for everyone to take a look at the website, publicrelationsacademy.com. Let's put that in the show notes as well. Talia, I've really enjoyed this. Uh, I appreciate your time today. Thank you, Doug. If you'd like to send a message to my guest, Talia Beckett-Davis, you can reach her at this email address, Talia, T-A-L-I-A, at womeninpr.ca. If you liked what you heard today, we're hoping you choose to subscribe to Stories and Strategies and receive updated episodes automatically. We're also hoping that you choose to follow and rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts or whatever directory you're listening on. TJS did just that, writing 
Love the perspective of the of these podcasts and the focus on the nuances of conversations. That's that's perfect. This was a good conversation today too. Have to admit, it all comes down to great guests. If you do, uh, do us a favor as well. Recommend this podcast to one friend. If you have an idea for an episode or you just want to tell us something, send us a note at info at jgrcommunications.com. Thanks for listening.